Do not judge a song by its duration, nor by the number of its notes. Judge it by the richness of its contents. Sometimes those unfinished are among the most poignant. Do not judge a song by its duration, nor by the number of its notes. Judge it by the way it touches and lifts the soul. Sometimes those unfinished are among the most beautiful. And when something has enriched your life, and when its melody lingers on in your heart, is it unfinished or is it endless? Author Unknown Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee, Tea, and Crime. This is Dana, and in today's episode, JR and I will be in Delaware to examine an unsolved double homicide. This is the story of casual death, the murder of Jessica Watson and Matthew Maserato. Wilmington, Delaware sits atop the northern part of the state, not more than a few miles from the Pennsylvania border. And just a bit further west of town is the Maryland state line. A rock's throw away southeast runs the Delaware River and the state of New Jersey. It was December 26, 2004. And if you were driving along the 3900 block of Kirkwood Highway, you might have noticed the building at 3924 Kirkwood. It used to house a McDonald's and was now a thriving retail men's store named Casual Mail Big and Tall. Post-Christmas shopping had been strong. The register was full, and if you believe the whispers around the campfire, the safe had monies from several days prior waiting to be deposited. The store had no surveillance cameras in the business or covering the parking lot, a telling sign of how ownership viewed its employees. There were three employees at the business on that fateful Sunday night, or only two depending on which story you read. The first assistant manager was Jessica Watson. She was 22 years old and a junior at Delaware State University. She had a daughter, Janiah, who was 22 months old. She shared a home in Wilmington with her older sister, Anitra. Matthew Maserato was a sales clerk and had only been working at the store for a week. He was 18 years old and living at home with his parents. Matthew had a flair for music and was working on an album of his own and was partners with childhood friend Anthony Castro in a production company called Third World Entertainment. Now, about the third employee. Some sources have mentioned that the manager, Raphael Castro, was at the store that evening and possibly that night. This would be the manager that one would think would be in charge of doing bank deposits. Of course, there could be more than one manager, and it is possible Raphael didn't do deposits, but we will come back to that later. The story goes that Raphael, who, by the way, is the brother to Anthony, the best friend and co-founder of Third World Enterprises with Matthew, had to leave the store on some undisclosed journey. Maybe he told Jessica and Matt what he was going to do, and maybe he didn't. After all, he is the boss, and you don't generally get too deep into the boss's business. So, the manager is gone, leaving two employees to close the business. The store closes at 6 p.m., and the procedure to follow, if there are still customers inside, is to lock the front doors, and as customers leave, you unlock the door so that person can then leave, then relock the door. You follow this procedure until all customers have gone. Matt was vacuuming the floors, and Jessica had to count down the register. 
At 6 p.m., two customers were still in the store, and the front door was locked. At 6.03 p.m., a sale was run through the register. The customer used a credit card, not something likely to have been done by a robber. Matt let the customer out, leaving one customer in the store. Police later spoke with the man who made the 603 purchase. He said that another man was still in the store when he left. Matt had let him out and locked the door behind him. He described the man as a heavyset, white male, about six feet tall, with the back of his head shaved. Jessica lived about 15 minutes from work. It was common for her to get home about 7 p.m. When the time hit 7.30, Anitra began to worry. She called her sister's cell phone and then the work phone and got no answer. By 9 p.m., after repeated calls, Anitra decided to drive to the store. The front doors were locked and Anitra saw her sister's car still parked on the lot. She walked around the parking lot and noticed the rear door ajar. She opened the door and walked in. Inside, she saw the bodies of her sister Jessica and Matthew lying side by side in large pools of blood. Both had been shot in the back of the head. She contacted the police who quickly cordoned off the store with crime scene tape. According to some stories, the erstwhile missing manager Raphael showed up after the yellow tape was up. The vacuum was still sitting in the middle of the floor. Police recovered one spent shell casing but were unable to obtain prints. The type of weapon was never disclosed, but with the casing, a match could be obtained. With no video, investigators checked other businesses for any outside video with no luck. The money from the register was missing. There's no mention if the money in the safe was taken or not. It would not be shocking if the safe had been left open, but that would be pure conjecture. It's been 17 years and still the case remains unsolved. Let's talk about what may have happened and who could have been behind this horrific crime. There are three possibilities for why this crime happened. The robbery was window dressing for the true motive of executing the victims. The robbery was happenstance and no more than a transient robber plying his trade. Or the robbery was an inside job set up by an employee. Let's discuss all three possibilities. Number one, the victims were the target and the robbery was for show. If this was a big budget fictional movie, then this idea would be viable. However, this is real life and that theory is absurd on many levels. Neither of the victims, as far as anyone knows, was living a high-risk lifestyle. No gang membership, no narcotics, no criminal participation. Both had stable home lives and both were employed. If either victim was by chance involved in something underhanded and had managed to keep it under the table, why would it be necessary to stage a robbery in order to kill the intended victim and an innocent person? The suspect had to stand around in a business with glass comprising 50% of the walls, which would allow any passerby to see in the well-lit store, not wearing any type of face cover or mask. Then you have to herd them downstairs and execute both. The fact the plan worked did not mitigate the problems with the plan before it was put into action. If either victim was the true target, you could pop them when they were alone and still make it look like a robbery, carjacking, hit and run, or just a plain old drive-by shooting. This saves you having to execute the innocent party or having to stand around and hope the customer walking out the door didn't by chance go to school with you, work with you, or otherwise had a photographic memory. 
There is one issue, though, that might raise a red flag, and that is Anthony Castro. The source information mentioned he was in jail. Now, what did Matthew's partner do to get put behind bars? Maybe it was unrelated to the production company and their partnership. Even if the production company was being used as a front for illegal activities, it doesn't change the fact that staging a robbery to kill your target and having to bump off a second person in the manner it was done is overthinking and unnecessary. Of course, the victims being killed was senseless on every level. The second possibility is a straight-up robbery. A robber might hit one or two places a week or in one day. The person will stop in at various places and meander around checking for cameras, alarms, the number of employees, and get a feel for the layout of the business. He might even look to see if managers are doing bank drops on a regular basis. Then he will hit the business and get the cash from the register and or the safe and move on. Some robbers may hit certain stores because they know the business lacks cameras and alarms. They gain this knowledge either by having worked at one of the stores or just from experience. Stores that do not have cameras and alarms are just putting targets on their employees' backs and begging to be robbed. It could be that none of the chain of casual men's stores had cameras, and if so, the robber would keep them on the top of his list. Now, a robber whose M.O. is to murder employees after a robbery will not be free for long. It will not take long for police to see a pattern, even if the robbery murders are in other states. Having not seen the case file, there is no telling if police have checked with other jurisdictions, but it is likely they did. Hopefully, police in Wilmington pulled camera footage from stores in the area covering a time period a couple of days prior to the robbery. If the person responsible was a transient robber with no inside help, then he would pop up on someone's video while casing area stores. Why kill the victims? The suspect wasn't wearing a mask, so he feared identification. Generally, murdering people during business robberies is the worst thing a robber can do. It ensures that police will never stop looking, and there is no statute of limitation on murder. The person responsible had to be hardcore and cold-blooded to execute Jessica and Matthew. So, it is likely he has a violent past, not 100%, but a more likely fact than not. Since this crime remains unsolved, he evidently has never told anyone what he did. It would not be surprising if the guilty person is in prison now for an unrelated violent crime. Source material seems to indicate the police have someone they have been looking at, but don't have the evidence yet to charge and indict the guilty party or parties. The final option would be an inside job. Source material mentioned that there had not been a bank drop in several days. The first thing you look at when investigating a business robbery is whether or not bank drops were being made as required by the policies of the store, which is almost always daily. If the drops weren't made, especially around a profitable day or days, then you can start looking at the managers. Other questions are, was the safe left open? Did the robber force the employee to open the safe? Did the robber ignore the safe? If drops weren't made and the safe was left open, then the manager is now our number one suspect. He didn't do the actual robbery, but he is an absolute principal suspect. If the source information is true and Raphael was actually at work, 
and then left prior to the robbery and was responsible for the bank drops that weren't made, and the suspect got the contents of the safe, then we know who in all likelihood set the robbery up. In February, following the robbery, so less than two months later, the manager was not named Raphael. If Raphael was let go by corporate, then that tells you he didn't follow procedures and the big bosses know it. It could be there is more than one manager and maybe Raphael is still working there. Whoever was supposed to make those drops is our suspect. We would be interested in whether the safe was hit or not. The question remains, why would you set up a robbery in such a way that you knew two human beings would die? Maybe that wasn't planned, but the gunman made it so. Many employees have been killed by fellow employees who were robbing their own business and had to silence the victims. Such a senseless crime. Take the money. The business has insurance. They didn't lose anything. But why take two lives? No need in it. Well, as J.R. loves to quote from one of his favorite movies, I beg pardon? I beg pardon? What are you so polite about? For the same reason you are not, it's the way I was brought up. And that'll do it for another episode of Coffee, Tea, and Crime. Let us know what you think about this case in the comments below. And if you have a suggestion for a specific case you'd like us to cover in a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching, stay safe out there, and JR and I will see you on the next case. <music>